0: Good day, good day, good day, everyone. Or shall I say good morning? Because starting this week, 10 a.m. Eastern on Fridays, the Pete the Planner Show is live to you on YouTube and uh, the Facebook. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn. Dame, let's go with the wide shot today, which I know the podcast listeners love when we make visual references, but we just went with the the wide shot. you like? Is this in reference to you need more screen to get all of me in? I noticed you have been eating a little. Yeah. But uh, Dame, uh, so much going on. I actually had business travel this week. What's that? Oh, man, it was weird. It was so strange to be in a boardroom looking at actual faces uh, as opposed to watching people virtually try to act like they're paying attention on Zoom. It was great. It was uh, good to get up in the Chicago area and uh, do some work and a lot more of that heading uh, our way soon. So who knows how that affects the schedule of the show. But business travel is back. Excellent. All right, Dame. Um, so much to deal with this week. Uh, Oh, well, good morning. Danza is, uh, there in the comments, of course, faking a yawn because she says it's too early. Chris says, good morning. Well, hello. And good morning to Chris as well. Dame, you like this new time for the show? I, my voice isn't even awake yet.
1: I've never been uh, forced to change time slots. Uh, I can only imagine this is what, uh, big TV stars feel like when the, their show gets moved from, uh, 8A to, to 9P. Jameson says, Good morning in Texas. It is
0: early for him. Uh, over the years, my radio show in the last, I guess I've been doing this since 2009, it has changed time slots, just like you're mentioning there. Uh, Michelle says she likes the new time slot. That's good to know. Uh, it has moved over the years, and Dame, it's, it's been in some ugly places. Uh, it's been anywhere from 4 a.m. <laughs> to 4 p.m. And just about everywhere in between. So it's almost like, well, hey, we didn't sell uh, a weekend paid slot, so we're just going to slap Pete's
1: show here or there. Which, hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I've, I feel like our affiliates kind of uh, have the discretion to move us around as well, so we we may not always appear at the same, same time around Speaking the
0: state. Speaking of, shouldn't I pull up the affiliate list today? It's been a while. It was a gentle nudge. I feel like it was okay so I'm gonna do that Dame say something witty and entertain the people while
1: I pull up the affiliate list so I had a, uh, a, a award show that uh, we had to go to last night for our children's summer swim and dive and uh, the bartender was very generous uh, with, uh, <laughs> with 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 his uh, pores and uh, somebody asked me what I was having uh, and I might have said that I was having a Tito's and vodka last oh, night and it I was, love it it's delicious
0: yeah, it's um th- that's that's going to be my go-to line when someone tells me uh, what's going on. They're like, hey, you're drinking too much. Well, yeah, San Matito's and vodka. Okay, I found the list, I think. Okay, Dean, let's start the show. Enough frivolity. It's been a couple minutes already, and we've man, we've only lost 80 people on the stream. So that's good. So let's get started. Today's show is about the labor markets and jobs report. Uh, we got a, an amazing email from a listener named Callie. Her name's is She goes by Callie. I only really know this because of her email address. By the way, how great of a name is
1: Callista? It's a fantastic. wonderful name. Fantastic. We have friends with a daughter named Callista. She's oh, a I gem. Did, does she go by Callie as well? I don't know. I don't know. Th- it
0: would be, be really creepy. The next time you say you just give her your own nickname. Yeah. Uh, Dame, uh, Mr. Dunn is calling me something different. And you're just like, ah, sorry. I call her Callie, everybody. Yeah, that's probably not going to go well. Anyway, Callie uh, sent us a great email. So I've been meaning to read it in the last few weeks, but now that the new jobs report came out, it it seems uh, more appropriate to read it. Now we're going to talk about uh, everyone's favorite segment. Pete Pete was wrong. Now the little segment on Pete was wrong. So we'll do that. And then whatever else happens and falls out of the mouth. All right, let's do it. Okay. Um, Let me get the clock ready. It's like every week's my first week doing this. You ever feel that way? Every week. <laughs> Being a part of it? Yes. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, at Pete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and we will answer your email on the air. Whether you're listening in Kendallville on WAWK or even listening in Kokomo, Indiana on WIOU, I love that there is a financial show on WIOU don't you it should just be all financial shows shouldn't it I feel so uh that is also true and WTRC in Michiana what I will call Michigan Zone. perfect I am Michigan Zone. oh well that's a statement all right and of course WIBC our flagship out of Indianapolis all right Dame enough of formalities the jobs report came out this week and uh this Friday today and good news we had almost a million jobs in July, and uh, that is very exciting.
1: A million jobs sure beats a sharp stick in the eye, but uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Keep adding those jobs back into the economy and uh, keep going the right direction.
0: So uh, lots of numbers to share with you here, so stick with it. And uh, if numbers bother you, well... Actually, we'll talk about that in your next employment review. But there's 943,000 jobs added in July of 2021, which was more than expected. And the unemployment rate has now fallen to 5.4%. Okay. Now, as of June, uh, the end of June, there were 7 million less people working than there was a year prior. Okay, I'll say it a little differently. The beginning of July. The beginning of July. There were still we were still seven million jobs down. And so one of the big questions people are asking right now is, uh, how will we get back to that level of? And I'm using air quotes here. Full employment. Is it possible? And then how does that change? some of the 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 small tragedies happening within small business and big business alike as people scramble and struggle to find workers so that's what i want to talk about today we are also going to break down where and what industries the july uh jobs came from which then gets callie's uh an emailer uh who emailed us the last time we talked about this gets her email involved so that's what we're doing now before we get started dame uh Any questions you want to make sure that we cover something specific within this segment?
1: No, it's not necessarily something I think we'll cover, but it's a concept that uh, has been rolling around in my mind for probably over a a year now at this point. Uh, Way back in college, Pete, my econ professor uh, introduced a concept called natural rate of unemployment uh, that that you could expect to see in a, a healthy economy at that point in time, a few decades ago. It was around 5%, somewhere in that neighborhood. When we hear 5.5%, we thought, well, that's not too far off. However, it's exactly, the problem is exactly what you just mentioned. We have still have 7 million people, fewer working right now than we did, exited the workforce for any number of reasons. And so the they, they may not be being captured on the the specific uh, report that generates unemployment so just because we hear a five percent unemployment or five and a half percent unemployment doesn't necessarily mean that we're really close to everything being okay there are still some some big issues potentially out there to slow this down uh, first it is worth noting that neither you uh, nor I are economists
0: no. No, we are personal finance experts, which often reminds me. And I think I told you this before. The when I first started my radio show back in two thousand and nine, I was trying to think of names for the show. Did I ever tell you what one of the ideas was that involves economics? No, I'm I'm so embarrassed to say this. Like I might have to do it during a break because it is so <laughs> cringeworthy. I wanted to call the show the Skeptical Economist, which makes no sense whatsoever because I wasn't an economist, and I just thought it was edgy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds great if you've got the creds to back it up. Well, of course I didn't. I was
0: 31 years old. I had hair uh, and didn't uh, have the 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 CV to cover. All right, Dave. So here's something that I discovered this morning in some reading and some research that we're going to go back to the beginning of July for a second. We were missing 7 million jobs, There's 7 million people not working who were working a year prior. You know what I found that sort of freaked me out and and, and actually scared me a little bit is that It is estimated that half of those, three and a half million, I did the math for you, three and a half million of those people retired early. Okay. So there are three and a half million people less in the labor force (laughs) to fill these empty jobs that are needed to get the economy back up to speed, and that's sort of terrifying. That people, for two reasons: one, it's terrifying for the economy that we're not going to have that full employment that that allows the economy to sink. But then the other end of it is actually a personal finance thing. I think you and I both know that three and a half million people retiring early or, or choosing to call their period of not working retirement, that's not a sustainable thing. And you're going to find three to five years from now, those people trying to come back into the labor force and then it not being a very friendly, welcoming place for them.
1: No, I was going to point out that I feel like there's a very good number of those three and a half million that retired that said they were going to retire because that was uh, the, the best alternative for them or maybe a way to save face or, or whatever the, the situation may be. They, they didn't necessarily want to retire. Maybe they felt they were forced into retirement at that point. So I would expect a good number of those people to seek out part-time employment, if not full employment down the road, because maybe their projections didn't look quite as good in reality as they thought they did, or they just need something to uh, keep themselves busy, but I do think that there's going to be some second guessing uh, the, their dec- decision to retire. I always feel like when people get an early retirement offer, and from time to time, our corporate clients will extend
0: early retirement offers to uh, their employees, people that we serve on a, on a regular basis. And Dame, I always feel like the dangling of a carrot or something shiny to say, hey, we're going to give you extra $25,000 if you peace out right now. That's a lot of pressure. And, and I don't want to have a big sweeping generalization here, but I'm going to. Uh, I think generally it's a bad idea to surprise retire on your own. You know what I mean? Like most people should have a planned retirement and not surprise themselves one day and retire. Would you agree with that very broad sweeping statement?
1: Yeah, we've we've talked about a number of these things in the past uh, that that can make retirement tricky for people. Do you have do you, are you prepared? Do you have the money and the resources that you need to retire in the, the style that you want to? Have you prepared yourself mentally for retirement? Uh, going from full employment one day to saying I'm retired the next could, believe it or not, potentially pose some, some hurdles that people have to cross when they are making that transition. What do they do with their time? What are they going to fill their days with? It's not just as easy as flipping a switch for some people. I understand that. Certain people look forward to that day for a long period of time and surprise I'm retired isn't going to change how they uh, feel or live one bit, but there are a good number of people who need a little bit of time to walk into that idea. I was
0: thinking last night, um, I have a friend who is is retired, but a, a significant portion of their retirement income is them working. Okay, so go figure how that works, right? Okay, and 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 I appreciate that, and I love the practicality of that in the moment. But what has always freaked me out about working in retirement, specifically when you need a significant amount of money from that employment to make retirement work, is that that plan does not end well because at some point you have to stop working, or you will stop working, uh, and. Then the whole thing falls apart and you don't actually have the assets or the income stream to to back up that, that immediate deficiency. And man, why am I freaking out uh, about all of these retirement things when we're talking about jobs numbers? I don't know why, but you start reading the data and yeah, we're trying to deal with the economy right here. But Dame, I think about the individuals who've fallen out of the labor market by saying the word retirement. And it, and it just sketches me out. I don't know. Here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to come back after the break. We're going to talk about where the job gains were in July. And then we're going to read uh, listener Callie's email, which I think sums up what we're doing uh, perfectly. Actually, she corrects us, which, hey, you and I both need corrected from time to time. time, time. Off yourself. I'm Pete the Planner. Coming back next, more of this. See, you know, last week I had really good outros. Like all four of them I felt mm-hmm. really strong about. I'm out 0 for 1 for the week. It's all right. So, and now more and soon more of this. Like I don't like if you're a listener on the radio, you don't you're then jarred when the commercial starts because it does it's like that's not a you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Do they do they play um music over your outros on the like as as you fade into the break? Do they play music? Nobody cares about this. I don't know why I'm asking this.
0: Yeah, no, they play intro and they always play like John Mellencamp, <laughs> which I have no problem with John Mellencamp, but, uh, or sometimes they'll play, uh, and Steelen, the beastie boys instrumental, okay. which I appreciate. I made a beastie boys reference and a, a fat boys Disorderly's reference during a, a, an important presentation yesterday. Did anybody catch it? Yeah. But it was one of those things that I, I, after it happened, it worked, but then I was like, why did I
1: do that? To seem hip.
0: No, I don't know. It, would, it was a bad idea. Uh, or a couple of comments uh, from the peanut gallery. So early. Glad to see the Dunn still had enough time to do their hair for the show. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy's a good man. And Andrew says, we are the best. No, Andrew, you are the best. And Gordon up in Muncie says, skeptical economist, Pete the Planner, the cynical money guy. See that's how ridiculous this the the, I'm not that cynical and I'm also not that skeptical so that's how weird me trying to name the show the skeptical economist where it came out to be. Hey Duns Dame is uh, quiet on my end and Pete is too loud. Oh my lord! (sighs) Thank you, by the way. Like I I I just reacted in a way that makes it seem uh, Lauren like I'm disappointed in you. Here's the thing: I'm disappointed in myself. Yes. Yes, but I will say. I have figured out how to fix that in post. I can fix this for the podcast. And and as they will know, because they're listening to this right now in their own due time, they're grateful that they did not experience Lauren, what you experienced. Finally, before we go to the next segment, Craig P. Anderson genius. Uh, I used to try to work sci-fi movie references and song lyrics into corporate leadership team meetings. Fun game. It is a fun game. Uh, By the way, uh, Craig P. Anderson. Excellent uh, business coach and consultant to small businesses and CEOs alike. So uh, let me find if I can find Craig's uh, website real quick to give him a, if people are interested in that, I highly recommend it. Everything, every email that he sends out, uh, I find great value in. So I want to make sure that you people can find him. ClearPathCoaches.com. That's ClearPathCoaches.com. All right, Dame, let's come back and hear how we were wrong. In three, two, one, back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, and uh, when the June jobs report came out, we went through a list of industries that those jobs came from. Do you remember that conversation? I do. And one of the major additions of jobs, just like this month, were government jobs. And you and I... Uh, reacted in a way that we were slightly dismayed that the vast majority of jobs in our country came via government jobs. And so uh, it, it was sort of tongue in cheek, right, the idea that we were sort of laughing about that. But there's some sincerity to our dismay that that taxes go to, to pay all of these things or additional taxes. But Callie sent us a, an email that is incredibly thoughtful, uh, in, incredibly uh, well thought out. And actually puts us in our place. So uh, I don't mind uh, any form of criticism, but I especially appreciate uh, when people uh, respectfully tell me I'm wrong and I was wrong. So let's go ahead and read it. Uh, hey, Pete, I have an answer to which kind of government jobs were added. Spoiler alert. They weren't IRS jobs because that was your assertion. And that was tongue in cheek. I have to admit that you so totally joked about the mean IRS jobs. Um also, for future reference, government is more than just the IRS, um, which wouldn't be a problem if things were going swimmingly. I don't know. That's the part of the email that doesn't particularly matter. Anyway, I believe our government jobs that would be included in a job count, including any local, state, as well as federal jobs, any VA job, any public education job, anything civilian, military jobs related, and maybe even big M military too, state or federal firefighters, state or federal police and law enforcement related. So it's funny when, when I was sort of joking, half joking that all of these jobs uh, were in the government. I I kept thinking, honestly, it was like pencil pushers, right? Like people just working in big government buildings, uh, bureaucracy. And as Callie uh, points out, that's just simply not the case. So uh, I was wrong. And I don't want to mislead anyone. But here's where the jobs were. And Oh, by the way, by, before I go to the jobs in July where they were, Dame, uh, any reaction to that? Uh,
1: I think we had maybe mentioned that there were going to be a bunch of IRS jobs at that point because uh, the president at that point in time had just released a statement or a, a plan to That's hire right. a whole bunch of people at the IRS. So it wasn't just saying necessarily, oh, here come a bunch of people to collect our taxes. No, there was actually some logic behind it. And yes, the, the government does have a whole bunch of uh, careers uh, available to you. And like you said, federal, state, local, all those people are needed to make our worlds what they are today. Sometimes uh, you could debate whether or not they're all needed, but you know what? Uh, people need some jobs and I'm not going to get into the weeds on whether or not they're Legit. I will say it. I don't know if I indicated the other
0: way, but during that last time we talked about this, but I want more IRS agents as as much as I hate dealing with taxes personally, and as much as I don't ever want to be audited because of the the rigmarole involved. Uh, we need more IRS uh, people in the IRS, frankly, because things will get processed uh, faster in a more uh, efficient way. And so, anyway, July jobs. The biggest change was in the hospitality industry, 380,000 jobs added of the 943,000. Another 240,000 government, like we just talked about, professional and business services. Is that what we do?
1: Yeah, I, maybe business. I wouldn't call us professional. That's a good point. 60,000 jobs.
0: Uh, retail and retail trade lost 5.5 thousand 5, jobs in July. So Dame, here's where I want to go next with this whole idea. Uh, There's a school district in the area in which we live. In fact, the school district in which we live, uh, where they have such a shortage of bus drivers that it is affecting their transportation plans. And and I bring this up not to complain because I'm literally not complaining. I'm not critical of it. They've had to do what they have to do. But I think the realities of this are pretty interesting. Uh, They purport to be down, I think, close to 50 drivers. They're at 130 drivers. They want to be at 180 drivers. They're down 50 drivers, which means anyone within one mile of their school does not have bus transportation. You have to either walk or carpool or ride a bike. Great. Hey, that's what I did growing up. I think my kids can handle that too. And we do live within a mile of our school. Uh, but I think the bigger issue goes back to our earlier discussion about retire people leaving the workforce right? just be like, hey, I'm done tapping out. It could be argued that a number of school bus drivers are retirement age folks that are sort of just doing this for whatever reason. And when you add the complexity of vaccinations and infection rates and unvaccinated people younger than 12. It it does create this really nasty situation for someone who is elderly or pre elderly, uh, driving around a bunch of unvaccinated people. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a reasonable problem that exists, but it's still a, a pretty terrible problem that exists.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very reasonable concern that, uh, guess what, we would all envision a typical demographic of a, a bus driver would potentially have. So if they are concerned for their personal safety, and whether it's here or it's you individually at, at your place of work or whatever it is, I don't want to uh, single out a, a specific uh, demographic here by any stretch. If you don't feel like you're safe at your workplace, that's that's a serious consideration to be uh, wrestled with. So. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are a number of people who have decided not to go back to their jobs for uh, personal, what they consider personal safety reasons. So it just so happens to be that this specific case that we're talking about right now is having very tangible effects on a great number of families in your area.
0: Yeah, and I. By the way, with with I did s- sort of suggest that that's my hypothesis that it's about safety. I don't really know, but I do think people are leaving certain jobs, like you said, whether it be in hospitality or uh, travel, where it's just like, why am I, why am I exposing myself to this unknown during this period of time? And I think that's part of the what we will call the three and a half million people. Who have yet to re-enter the workplace uh, via employment? That that these these are hypotheses of people who are not economists, by the way.
1: Sure, you know, food service industry. uh, We're seeing that people aren't uh, for a number of reasons, but it's hard to get employees in the food service industry as well, whether it's because they've been chronically underpaid for a long time. Or whether it's uh, health issues because you are in a very uh, relatively small environment, coming into contact with a, a great number of people throughout your your work shift, uh, I would see how c- somebody could be very concerned about uh, being in a, a relatively unhealthy environment if if they are uh, concerned for what they're facing. So it's a it's a new day in in concerns or considerations when you hire into a job. I feel like. You know,
0: one of my favorite things to do in my personal time is to read Yelp reviews and then get mad at the Yelp reviewer. Like it's one of, I, I spend hours doing it. I love it because the overcritical nature of Yelp reviews, it just makes me feel how we're shredded. The threads of society are completely shredded and we're falling apart. I read one the other day that said... Uh, gave the person one star they're like the food and drinks and atmosphere were great but our server didn't even know the beers on tap it was like it was her first week or something and and i'm like you do realize that we're in a a labor market catastrophe here and it was very likely that person's for first week yeah like, why, what do we do? Why would you criticize that? It, it's like the one I think I talked about on the show the other day, where it's like a person gave like three stars because they stood up from their table and they hit their head on the chandelier over the table. Didn't hurt themselves. They just were like, you know, so don't go there
1: because of the chandelier issue. I don't get it. Everybody's looking for their fifteen minutes of fame, and if it comes through a fifteen-second soundbite or a Yelp review, they're happy with it. It is funny as a
0: content creator of someone who provides uh, content for the masses, my uh, urge to be edgy has definitely tamed itself over the years. I, I used to have really hot, provocative takes. In fact, in the next segment, I'm going to tell you one of those that I used to talk about on TV all the time and in the newspaper. And now I've come to find out that, man, I disagree with that Pete, the planner that had hair. (laughs) And I will do that for all of you next right here on the Pete, the planner show. I'm Pete, the planner. Now, that was an outro. That was much better. I just banged the table and everyone's ears blew up. Hello, Pinkins. Mr. Pinkins, greetings. Danza says, uh, food service says can't get employees because folks finally figured out the pay is insulting. You know, uh, Danza, that's a really interesting point that Mrs. Planner and I have been talking about. Mrs. Planner and I have been talking about labor economics uh, a lot in the last couple of days. Like, how do, my, my thing is, so how does this thing end up working out? You know, like the people who are no longer in the workforce uh, for now, but that will need to be in the workforce, that once child tax credits potentially uh, go, once they go away, once the eviction moratorium, which now is back, once it goes away, like, will that change their decisions? I'm not sure it will. But I I don't know. And and this is also not me blaming people not working on government support. I I don't believe that, right? So I'm not saying that. But I'm curious to see what the numbers show.
1: I have nothing constructive to add to that other than sitting and waiting can sometimes just be the best answer. Jeremy says in
0: Eugene, Oregon, they also have public transportation issues in terms of bus drivers.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's just a, a... small sample thing. I, I think lots of school districts are having issues with transportation right now. I, uh, My father-in-law taught in a school district for a great number of years where they didn't bus kids that lived in town. They were they had to walk into school or or be dropped off. And that's been that way for probably, I think probably since the, the 80s or 90s. You would
0: think in Eugene that they all just strap on their waffle weave Nikes and just run to wherever they're going. Everybody
1: gets one with their tax return every year.
0: All right, Dame, are you ready for Mea Culpa Friday? Pete was wrong. We may have talked about this recently on the show of what I'm about to claim I was wrong about. But you know what? I'm so wrong about it that let's dedicate a whole segment to hot take Pete. Okay. Can I tell you a quick story? Tell us all. Like you, I assume. One of the things that I will never get over is my desire to impress my wife, Mm. right? I love seeing my wife interested in something I've done or accomplished because it gives me as much joy as when I used to impress my parents in doing something. This is my own psychological issue, right? So I love when she says something complimentary to me, It's, it's like Turkish delight in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I don't know why I said that. Uh, so before I, I went on my business trip, I said, honey bunny, I didn't say that. I said, hey, do you wanna go for a run? Uh, I just wanna run a couple miles cause I'm gonna be driving for three hours. And she was like, sure. So as we're getting ready for the run, I'm thinking, you know what I'm gonna do? Because she's so much faster than me. Like mm-hmm. she's an actually really good runner and I'm just a, a schmo. I'm like, I'm gonna drop the hammer. I am I am going to I'm gonna run fast. I'm gonna run at her pace that what I perceive to be her pace. And this is going different than you think it's gonna go, by the way. Okay. And so we go out for a run. It's just gonna be two miles. And then of course she's gonna run after our little run, right? She's gonna go for a run. But I was like, I wanna show her what the work I've been putting in, how I'm getting better. So we go. And I I I run. I run like the wind. Uh, I think we averaged a seven fifteen pace for two miles. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm running. you like, I'm going. But I'm, I'm breathing heavy. Yeah. I'm sounding like not a, a, a monster. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like LaMaze on a run, and and she doesn't say much. And we get done, and I was and I was like, eh, eh, <laughs> and she's like, well, that wasn't fun. And I was like, what? She's like, well, you didn't even tell me you were going to do that. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to you know, accommodate you with how you do. She's like, I wouldn't have done that. I don't do that. <laughs> She's like, if you if you had told me you were doing that, I would not have gone. And if that's the way we're going to do this, I don't want to run together. And then it just like for three hours as I drove to Chicago, <laughs> I would just like cried myself through the toll <laughs> roads. I was like, oh, I disappointed her. <laughs> Uh, you and I were talking before the show today about how you can, I know my daughter does listen to this show by the way, sometimes, um, how by dropping a, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed uh, on your kids is when we were kids, when our dads would say that to us, it was just like stabbing us in the heart. It hurt more than anything. And so now as parents, we try that on our kids with somewhat
1: horrible results
0: in three, two, one back on the Pete, the planner show Dame from time to time. I give real hot takes that I'm like, Hey everyone, listen to me. I'm a financial expert. And, and in so much so that I do this, that my very first appearance on TV, which was on a show called inside Indiana business in December of 2005. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I I gave the following advice and by the way a week later I was on wish TV the local CBS affiliate at the time This was then in January of 2006 and I gave the same advice. I can actually find the clip If you want to I look young and handsome. I had really good skin was this a sport jacket with t-shirt underneath it pete no, 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 no. That's when things were going well. and I wanted to be edgy. This was still like, I might be in a fraternity sort of look. Okay. I'll fight it. I, we should link it up because it's sort of funny to watch. Anyway, here was the hot take I gave after I wrote my very first book, which I may have a copy of around here just to show you. Don't I have it around here, Dave? Nobody on the radio can see. Oh, no one cares. Um, where is it? Oh, 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 no. Anyway, it's a terrible book it's called what your dad never taught you about budgeting and it was 100 pages long and it was also the size of a postcard like it was so it was just like i didn't have much to say but one of my hottest takes was it was this whole idea if you don't trust your spouse with money you don't trust your spouse which you know it, 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 there's some cadence to that so remember you know if you don't trust your spouse with money you just don't trust your spouse and 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 part of the the tactics involved with overcoming this lack of trust was that's why every married couple needs and I'm calling the time out of myself. This was also a period of time and when you talked talked publicly about married couples, but you just didn't acknowledge that some people lived together and weren't married. Yeah. Like that's how long ago this was. Like You know how we talk around here. We very rarely say spouse, especially when talking to uh, the people who call us because it's just, you know, you don't know people's situation. Anyway, I'm on TV going, you don't touch your spouse with money. And one of the things you had to do was you always had to have a joint checking account, according to me, so that both of you could keep an eye and you could manage it and that's how it works. That is possibly the worst advice I've ever given publicly. Oh, Pete! I gotta find that clip now. I wonder if we can play it on the show. Can you play YouTube clips on this streaming platform we use? I'm probably.
1: I, uh, you're the one that's in control of it, though. So I've gotta find it. Uh, let's see. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. I'm Do you curious, agree with that? I, I'm curious as to why why the backtrack. Um. <sighs> oh why I disagree with the advice I gave. Yeah. I mean, you, you said you disagree with it. Now let's 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 come yeah. full circle, fill, fill in the <laughs> blanks. Two reasons. First, there's the
0: overall arching thing. If you don't trust your spouse with money, you don't trust the sp- your spouse. OK, I I think what I've learned is that um, at times I don't even trust myself financially. Like, and that's okay. Like you, and that's why you set up roadblocks to do certain things. I, I don't keep a lot of money in my checking account because I know if there's extra money in there, then I don't trust myself to not spend it. That's why I save money before I spend money. so the whole idea, if you don't trust yourself, that that is in itself bad, that's not actually true. Right. Um, I don't trust myself to not eat every Rice Krispie Treat that is in the home, which is why we don't have Rice Krispie Treats in the home. That doesn't make me a terrible person. It just means I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then the other element of this is just the logistics of the modern lifestyle of having two people pull out of the same checking account. Um, I don't find it necessary. And I also don't think it's it's realistic given that people are getting married later who have established adult lifestyles that then come together. Mrs. Planner and I got married when we were 22, right? We were kids just combining no money, right? Uh, and, and then since we don't have uh, a joint checking account, we have two joint checking accounts, which each of us have access to, but only one person uses, right? Because logistically for how we run our financial lives, it just makes more sense. And and so when I think about how wrong I was, not that anyone was watching the noon news in January of 2006, but certainly more people than do now. I just think sometimes when you give mass advice, whether you're trying to be edgy or or memorable or, or whatever, you speak in absolutes and you end up hurting people who otherwise just want to do the best thing and you make them feel like they're doing it wrong. So that's my, Pete was wrong. I'm
1: sorry. I have less hair now, but I think I'm more handsome if we're being honest. I think one of the reasons that your system works, the the way that you and Mrs. Planner have everything set up is because you are very uh, structured on how you work your financial life. You have goals, you have uh, certain things that get done every month, and you know that you have X amount of dollars each month to to spend whether it's on housing or food or utilities or transportation whatever that may be you know roughly where everything's going before it's all said and done before the month even starts i think the problem that some people run into and this can happen whether you have a joint checking account or two individual checking accounts or five individual checking accounts if you don't have goals set up that's where things start to get a little wishy-washy and problems start to occur so if uh, if you don't know uh, how much you're going to put away for retirement or a 529 or build your emergency fund and you're just waiting on the end of the month to see how much money is left over. That's where the issues are going to come into. So whether you have a joint checking account or individual checking accounts, I don't think it really matters all that much, but you darn well better have joint goals that you're working on and towards.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It it, it actually goes back to the fact that I don't trust myself for money sometimes. That's why we have such a structured financial life. So then it is foolproof. If you don't have those safeguards, then yeah, a joint account provides an extra layer of accountability. And it does actually come down to accountability. The reason you would want a joint account is to hold each other accountable. But I've circumvented that entire idea by by the structure we've created. And I will say this we have a lot less stress in our lives financially as it relates to our communication. Once we switch to separate accounts, Uh, of course, early there were growing pains in this. And we did this freaking forever ago, right? I mean, it was a long time we made the switch and I, I recommend it for most people. uh, uh, Well, I, I, well then now i just going back
1: to the other extreme here by saying I recommend it for most people. Well, I mean, I don't know if I go that far either, because it's not uncommon to have one person who's very into the financial side of a relationship and one person who's ambivalent on the other side, and I don't want them to necessarily be responsible for paying certain bills when it's just not at the top of their mind or priority list. So. I don't know I, I think you have to take the temperature of, of your own individual relationship and make sure that you've got a system set up that it is functional for both of you and still helps you achieve your goals can i am i allowed to ask how you structure yours or do you, do you sure. prefer not to answer uh, oh you a, don't have to answer it though, right no, we, we've got yeah you can ask whatever you want i'll just say yeah uh, we have a joint checking account and we created one shortly after we were married we weren't uh too much uh, i was older than you were when you got married but uh my Mrs. Planner, uh, Mrs. CPA, well, certainly was about the same age as as the the two of you. So, we joined a whole bunch of not much money together, yeah, exactly, and, uh, and have not really had any issues going forward. We've got a whole bunch of savings accounts for for various purposes, but um, we've never had any issues uh, doing it uh, the way we we do. Yeah, see,
0: every which way works. I guess uh, I guess the the lesson here is. Uh, nothing is guaranteed to work. And if your way of working it doesn't actually feel like it's working, then stop doing it and try something else. I mean, the fact of the matter is the reason we created Hey Money was so when people get in these jams and they behaviorally don't know what to do, they can talk to an actual expert, someone like you and your team dame. So to do so, go to callhaymoney.com, callhaymoney.com, Sign up. It's monthly. It doesn't cost very much either. All right, Dame, so here's what I'm going to do during the break of the show. And I I, I hate to do this to the podcast people, and I hate to do this to the radio show audience, but I have found some very old Pete the Planner on the news clips. And so we are going to play them for the live audience here uh, on the Facebook page. So go to facebook.com slash Pete the Planner if you want to see it, if you're a radio show listener and you want to see what I looked like a long time ago. Uh, So we're going to do that next. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. And current events, you know, here's the thing about current events, there's a lot of them, they're often current. We'll do all that next. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. Okay, so Dame, all right, it's going to take me a second to figure out exactly how to do this. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the wrong <laughs> I did not mean to do that. <laughs> I legitimately didn't mean to do that. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm embarrassed already um <laughs> all right hold on it's gonna take me a second okay oh man this is when you create your own marketing clips it's so embarrassing okay hold on everybody sing a song uh people on the radio uh, are not gonna hear this no. people uh okay hold on i'm gonna stop the screen share everyone hold on everyone relax sorry podcast kind of not sorry podcast Oh, I got to hide the other stuff on my screen. So hold on a second. Do, 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 do. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, Can everyone see this? (laughs) Damn, are you cringing?
1: I've seen that picture before. So I'm I'm kind of cringing that you're sharing it with everyone.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) This is so much regret.
1: That's the t-shirt sport coat uh, that I was referring to. Yeah. It's a pug t-shirt with a spark code. are you ready for this hopefully you can hear it
0: okay here we go oh boy can you hear it
1: nope <laughs> Was that that the smallest desk in business that we saw earlier with you sitting with, by a computer? Yeah, possibly. So here's, what's funny about this. There's a lot to break down
0: here. Number one, this was the era of marketing yourself like pre-influencer, like the the beginning of social media, you had to make a splash. And, And so, self-promotion like self promote. this is like the the heyday of self-promotion so of course i did this on my own computer i i put all these different clips together so number one i'm cringing based on the level of self-promotion here yeah but i have to say uh, on an expert journey if you will an expert's journey as i watch other people go through this now there's always those stages, like the really cringe-inducing stage where you will put a quote out on social media that it's your quote, but you've created a stylized background for your own quote. Yeah, Like, I did that. I mean, I, now it makes me laugh. But second thing you'll notice of this <clears throat> is I look so much younger. Oh, yeah.
1: Like a different person. Yeah, you you did definitely look like uh fresh out of college at that point.
0: Uh, and I also love that the newscast turned to a 28 year old schmo or however old I was 30, no one cares. Uh, and I was there. I was their expert. Like I, I knew some stuff and I, I, I could communicate it rather well,
1: but yeah, that's embarrassing on a thousand levels. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm good on you for sharing it with everybody and being willing to do that. But all right so uh by the way podcast if you want to see this
0: go to uh actually you know what you can do on youtube you can actually just see what i search it's go to uh man space v space money man v money on youtube just search it and you can even search pete the planner along it and you'll see that video Wow. boy why did i do that i don't know I think looking back on your on a career and especially in, in sort of mass advice, uh, i've I've learned I've learned a lot. Uh, like at some point in time, I thought being an expert was about not only knowing everything but making sure everyone knew you knew things and that you're right and they must follow you. Right? That is that is part of what I thought was the case. Here's what I've learned uh, now. It's not me shouting down a mountain it's me walking alongside people who might want to learn a thing or two right, right? it's just a lot more laid back uh, and i much prefer it the way we do it now as
1: opposed to back then well, I mean, lauren, If me look at your competition yeah. competition at that point uh you were clearly trying to fill a niche that was wide open at that point by the way lauren is killing
0: it today uh, she just says, "Let's see if we can get that to 200 views." That's the funny That's... thing about self promotion is that, like, I spent all this time building this clip, and as of right now, I, I, I put it out on January 31st of 2012, and uh, it was 132 views. <laughs> was that the only place you put it? Was on YouTube? Uh, I think I don't know. I probably Facebook and a bunch of others. Uh, I will say that "Man vs. Money" was a track that. DJ Metrono friend of the show, made back then. Nice. I know, he's the best. All right, let's do our real show here. <clears throat> okay. There's actually old radio show clips on here too. Now I kind of want to watch one of those. Oh, you want to watch one of my first radio shows? All right, we're doing this. <laughs> do you have anything to do? To- I have a lot to do today, but I don't care because this is sort of fun. Okay, the radio is missing out. All right, hold on everybody.
1: Oh boy. Dame, do you like this or is this not your jam? I just feel even more out of control than I normally do right now. Okay, here we go.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Skills Your Dad Never Talked. you Beat the Planner right here on the Beat the Planner Radio Network Suit and Tie Edition. Coming to you August 1st. I don't know. What's today? I missed the memo. Chip Maxwell missed the, the memo. Same. Chip, <laughs> you're you're wearing
1: a kilt. Okay, what is happening? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why wasn't I given a kilt? Chip had a kilt and I don't have one? Oh my God, I don't know if it could. Oh boy. This it has 49 views. It never crossed my mind that you actually used to go into the studio to record. <laughs> Yeah. And
0: I would only video one. myself That's and no leave my me. co-host oh, off no. camera. Excellent. Well, they might prefer hey, it's that. Your dad you, of course, is the show to learn everything you need to know about money. And occasionally, Chip, if you're drinking a hot beverage, mm-hmm. it's going to tickle your nasal passage because you're going to spit it out your nose and you laugh at us. Ooh. And I, I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stop. I mean, I'm sweating. But here, for some context... It made sense at the time. Oh, do you want to hear another horrible moment of early days of radio? I used to fill in for the actual drive time show in the morning on news talk, 1430 WXNT. And I thought I was funny as you can tell. And so when I would give the weather report, which people depend on, right? I mean, people want to know the weather. That's why you say it so often. I would say things like, oh, it might be wet today, but it's likely to be like, I would just like say these things, you're going to be a little bit sweaty, but like, I would never give the temperature, I would never give the real weather, I was trying to be like clever and say different ways. And and I think back all that and I'm like, God, everyone hated me. And I thought I was so funny.
1: I, I can't believe they let an FM personality on an AM station. <laughs> no, this was AM. I know that you were clearly going for an FM crowd, oh, yes. talking to an AM no.
0: audience. Well, the thing was, it was the studio was right next to the true FM sort of flare, uh show, and I would go occasionally go on to that too. Let's let's skip ahead just a little bit more. You run the engine dry, right? So they have to drain the oil and run run it dry. Jeff, the car guy, our resident car expert up at Toyota Muncie, told me this week that. They had to run dry a, an Infiniti 2000.
1: Okay, boy, that's... Your voice ooh. is so much better
0: now. You know, we've also talked about how a voice develops. And, and part of the reality of, of a broadcast voice developing is when you, when you listen to yourself in ear monitors, it changes the tonality of your voice. You can hear yourself. It, it changes. And then your radio voice, which you develop for radio, becomes your regular speaking voice. And let's go back to the show. Oh, my God. Do you think 20 years from now, we'll show clips of this show and be embarrassed? No, we won't. Somebody else will. We'll be retired or dead. Yeah. I'll be dead. You'll be retired. (laughs) Okay. Let's do the real show. Boy, that was...
1: I don't know if that was good or bad. What just happened? Do you need to notify Chip that that happened? I'll text him. Okay. Okay. In
0: three, two, one... This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is... By the way, um, on the on the radio, you just had a couple minute break because there were some commercials and whatnot. But between segments, we, we went down uh, memory lane, trip down memory lane. We were pulling up old YouTube videos, the first year of the show in 2009, news clips from 2005. So uh, I highly encourage you to go to facebook.com slash Pete the Planner if you... Don't like Facebook, like me, no offense, everyone who's currently watching on Facebook, uh, go to youtube.com slash Pete the Planner and you can watch the show, the live event from the uh, today's show. Today's show is called the Pete the Planner Show. 8621. Dame, this week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Ray-Ban Aviator Solid Gold Sunglasses. Ray-Ban's Aviators are arguably the most iconic sunglasses in history to celebrate their 84th anniversary the company's creating the most exclusive pair yet as the name suggests (laughs) that's that's always good marketing then the aviator solid gold is indeed made from polished 18 karat solid yellow gold paired with classic polarized g15 glass lenses only 84 examples will be available why do they say examples I, that's a good question. I and, don't know and then dumb copy only eighty four examples will be available, each individually numbered on the inner temple and they arrive with a certificate of authenticity inside special packaging along with a classic leather front snap carry case. Dame, how much do you believe? these Ray-Ban aviator solid gold sunglasses, which are very descriptive of what they are,
1: how much do you believe they cost all 84 examples? First of all, are you, are you not supposed to wear them since they're called examples? Is there a, a a collector sunglass market that I'm I'm not aware of? Sure, there are. Uh, $4,200, dollars oh, you have to be bet. high to wear them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> $3,454. Here's why this is a waste of money. Back when I was in college, I I did an international trip to Spain, a class trip, and I bought some Ray-Ban aviators at a uh, Spanish uh, department store, okay? And uh, I was so excited. They were my first pair of Ray-Bans. So I I bought them, put them on. We got in the bus to go to our next destination, and the bus windows were tinted. And so I couldn't see anything because it was so dark in there. So I took off the ray bands and put them in my pocket because I never owned a pair of ray bands. I would go to pull them out my pocket an hour later, and they were mangled to all get out. So this is to suggest not only if you have aviators and you put them in your pocket, will they, will they be mangled? But, Dame, you know how soft gold is because that's how
1: you roll. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how mangled those things are going to get? That's why maybe you're not supposed to wear them. They call them examples because they're not actually meant to be worn. Well, listen to this. Uh, Jeremy, uh, who's a pilot who is watching the show right now, says,
0: uh, funny because we can't even wear polarized uh, lenses in the flight deck. What a waste. Damn, I don't know if I knew that pilots can't wear polarized lenses, but uh, I'm sure there's a reason that makes
1: sense. I'm sure there is. Uh, potentially, uh polarization in the glass that the the pilots look out as well uh maybe the polarization doesn't play well together my friend sam and i have this debate as to when you walk off of a plane whether you should thank the pilot
0: and my take is of course i'm going to thank the pilot i'm going to thank the flight attendants I mean, i'm not going to go over the top and like fist bump them or anything i'm say, like, hey thanks his contention is they're just doing their job and my contention
1: back is well you can still thank someone for doing their job do you thank the pilot when you exit a plane every time did you have you do. did you ever get to uh sit in a, a cockpit? You know, back when we were kids, when you were actually allowed <laughs> up in there, did you ever get to do that? Well, that's the old uh, airplane.
0: It's like, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? You know, like when he has to get... Um,
1: I don't think I want... I don't think I ever made it up there. So I did uh, a couple times, but once at LAX, and I left my sunglasses on the dash of the airplane. How old were you? Like six? It was, yeah, I probably... Sh- 7 or 8 would be my guess. Ah. Good times. What's in the news this week? Household debt rose by its highest dollar amount in 14 years during the second quarter, thanks mostly to a surge in the housing market that brought the collective American IOU, not the radio station, to just shy of $15 trillion, the Federal Reserve reported Tuesday. Total debt balances jumped $313 billion in the April to June period, the sharpest rise since the same period in 2007. Most of the gain came from mortgage originations, both initial purchases and refinances, which have been on fire as the Federal Reserve has kept benchmark borrowing rates anchored around historic lows. Numbers, Pete. Numbers. Mortgage balances increased $282 billion for the period, up 2.8% from the first quarter and 6.7% from a year ago for a total of 10.4 trillion with a T dollars over the past four quarters. Mortgage originations have totaled close to $4.6 trillion amounting to 44% of outstanding home loan balances. Now I know what you're thinking. That's great. Do you have any other numbers that could wow us? I do, in fact. I do. Credit card balances increased by $17 billion, while auto loans were up $33 billion. Student loan debt actually decreased for the period, falling $14 billion to $1.57 trillion, as forbearance programs have kept education-related balances in check. I,
0: I, there's explanations for every single one of these that all check out, right? I mean, uh, the housing market is what's leading to people getting bigger mortgages. The increase in, uh, auto prices, especially secondary auto prices are what's mm-hmm. leading to car loans. Uh, the student loans, uh, there's a couple theories you could have there, but the big takeaway as always is when consumer confidence goes up, so do debt levels. Mm-hmm. And what has happened since arguably, uh, January, is consumer confidence has gone up and up and up and up. It's gone up because the economy is opening back up. It has gone up because at one point the virus was felt somewhat contained. That was a past tense, by the way, I just used. Uh, and then also you look at all the stimulus programs that are just putting money into people's pockets, which it's kind of easy to be confident when you got more money than you thought in your checking account. And so, damn, that's why people are going into debt.
1: Median US rent has risen more than 10% over the past year according to Apartment List as young professionals return to cities where they can't afford to buy. Investors seem to have noticed an index that tracks shares of publicly traded apartment companies is up 42% since January trouncing the S&P 500's 17% gain. However, on a slightly different note, Pete uh, over the last year, you and I both uh, said we were cautious, maybe even skeptical about the future of commercial real estate and office space in bigger cities. How do we feel right now? Fall of 2020 or the soon to be fall of 2021. Is this prediction time? Yes, it is. <sighs> what, what am I supposed to indicate here? Am I supposed to say like I'm bearish or bullish? What do you want me to say? Yeah, let's go that way. Let's okay. just make it nice and general. I'm bearish. Well, normally I would take the opposite side just to uh, uh, create a little bit of uh, controversy or conversation. But last time I took the opposite side, I ended up having to read a public apology on uh, the radio. So I'm I'm just going to say I'm bearish too.
0: Yeah, I was in a giant office building this week very giant office building this week. And uh, a lot of people for one company work there. And uh, there weren't many people in the building. And it's not that that's not going to change because that is going to change. I just think that the hybrid slash work from home people, their case has been made. And to unwind that, it's
1: going to be pretty tough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think uh, work has changed, not for everybody, uh, but for enough companies that uh, I think there's going to be a surplus of commercial real estate for a long time. The other side of that too is it's like, let's
0: say I disagree with work from home, which I don't. At one point I did, Mm -hmm. honestly, I like to try to be honest. (laughs) I don't necessarily disagree with it. I have a preference for all working together in person. But my insistence and how I feel is detrimental to what we're trying to accomplish. If I get stuck on that and I start grinding on people to always be here, then it is counterproductive because people don't want to be here and don't actually even want to work here. And so I think on a bigger level, that's what's going to happen and that's why commercial real estate will suffer. And that is a non-expert opinion. I think you're right on a number of those points. Dame, this is a monumental show this week. Um, wow I, I encourage you if you're listening on the radio of one of our lovely affiliates go to youtube.com slash Pete Planner watch the the live recording of the show and you can watch the archive so we went through some old school footage from 15 years ago of the show and boy that was awkward hey I hope you have a good uh, start to your August good into your summer sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget I'm Pete the Planner this is the show wow wow yeah. I
1: mean, what in the world, Dame? We uh, we knew we were in for something pre-show. Yeah. I don't think either of us
0: anticipated this. It's funny. We had a, a meeting this morning, and uh, my brain wasn't working, and yours wasn't doing so great. And I'm not saying that we were necessarily witty today on the
1: show or quick-witted, but the show ended up actually pretty good. I, I think it built momentum as it was going. Yeah.
0: I uh, I sort of, <laughs> I'm in shock. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the rest of that radio clip. I do got to text Chip and be like, hey man, I'm sorry.
1: Why'd we just put that out there. Uh, we, we told everybody that you were wearing a kilt a number of years ago.
0: I, I think often about conversations I've had specific conversations that I had with individuals where I was trying to be so funny or clever or entertaining that I said something that now will make me audibly use profanity just when I think of the moment. I'm not kidding. Like I will be sitting like on my couch watching TV. I'll think of something I said to someone trying to be funny and I will blast a profanity. I'm by myself. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh. And what you saw in that radio clip was that vibe of like. Ah, ah, ah. like It's a very punchable
1: vibe. You know, <laughs> if it is something a question that occurred to me that clearly I didn't want to squeeze into a, a, a radio segment. How much of a difference in your mind is there between young edgy Pete and old man gripey edition Pete?
0: Oh, you're saying it's sort of like a time is a flat circle sort of thing. I
1: I don't, I don't think there's really that much difference between the two. I don't. Here's the
0: thing. Okay. So I was a comedian at the time when Mm. when we did that. So I was funny. Like, I I mean, it was legitimately funny, but I would also try to be funny. Yeah. Uh, And it's not that I don't try to be funny now. And I know that I am still somewhat entertaining. Um, I think I, I think I have a, just a slightly different sense of humor than I did then. I also go back to one of my friends at the time who who helped us with marketing a lot back in the day. And she, you know, we we're doing like a, this brand exercise. She's like, well, how do you define who you are sort of in the business marketplace? And I was like, well, and the first two things I said were young and funny. And I, we've had this discussion before, damn, I remember. And, and she said, well, first of all, that's a bad idea because you... Are, will not always be young, as we know. Uh, and some people won't think you're funny. And so you don't want to tell someone you're funny and tell someone you're young because you can't build a brand on that. That actually makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad that I, I listened to that. Um, I don't know. I, 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 had a, I have a different type of ego than I had 15 years ago. Like I was still, it was still a lot more about me back then trying to build like to, to be internationally known as this financial wizard and whether I am now or not, I don't particularly care, but it is also not a goal of mine anymore, but that was my primary goal back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think um, you've got tons more perspective now than you certainly did then and i think the one thing that's probably consistent is the fact that you're very comfortable answering questions as you are asking questions asking questions then as you are now and but what you found out is that the answers don't matter quite as much necessarily uh, as as you get older it's it's the the process and the uh, the consistency with, with which you apply them
0: yeah i that's so true because that really plays into Uh, There was this, but there's this belief in the financial industry that you try to turn have nots into haves. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think it's that binary anymore uh, because I still came at, I was empathetic back in the day, but I still came at it of trying to turn have nots into haves based on some definition of what it is to have. And if nothing else, that's evolved. And I also understand the circumstance. Uh, I was born on third base. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I my my parents created a tremendous opportunity for me. And I back that old Pete that you saw there denied that. Like people would say that to me, they they would say things like, "You were born on third base. Uh, why are you so cocky?" And I'd be like, "I wasn't born on third base. I was." Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think. I don't know. Is that just life experience? I I don't, I don't know what that is growing up. That's how I'm different. Yeah. Yeah, Privilege is, is something that even in the last couple of years um, that you just have to, well, you don't have to do anything. I've just chosen to acknowledge it. And I've chosen to say, yes, it existed. And then worked backwards off of that because prior to that, if people told me I was privileged, I would start with no. And and I I think well what what's that matter uh, I think because if I acknowledge that I had privilege then I'm going to be able to serve more people if I denied that I have privilege I'm only going to serve the people who also had privilege right so that that's sort of a
1: yeah you know, this show has everything today doesn't it man it's it's an hour and five minutes of all over the map chris people are going to see this hitting their podcast
0: queue and they're going to go nope, nope. Yeah. All right, Dame, uh, I have to shoot a thousand videos right now or our colleague Oz will drive to the office and uh, do some Krav Maga
1: on me. Sorry, Oz. I'll, I'll give you some refresher tips if you need them. <sighs> All right.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for being part of this today. So we're doing this at 10 a.m. I'm not sure it might be long like this now. Who knows? Because it's like when we're in at the noon that we're up against stuff. But thanks for listening to the first version of the 10 a.m. show yeah podcast people oh sorry up up against stuff like you getting out of the office and going home like i'm not a doctor uh podcast people you are gonna want to watch this live stream so go to youtube.com slash pete the planner or if for some reason you want to see your high school friends get angry about things go to facebook.com slash pete the planner uh thanks everyone for listening live
1: uh stay getting money